Why is God so angry? Isn't the Bible full of contradictions? How could God allow so Isn't much science to prove the Bible? Good. How can the how Bible say the earth was created in six days? How can the Bible say the earth was created in six days? Today we come to the book of Hosea. And as we dive into this prophet's personal story, as well as his message, I hope to be able to draw out two applications from both his personal life as well as the message he gives. Because they're actually tied together, yet I think we, we can ask ourselves some questions about his personal story. You know, a few, for a few years in my life, I had the privilege of connecting and traveling and working with the Chinese church. And to be a Christian leader in China is difficult. Over many years, leaders were jailed and tortured. Many of them experienced the loss of all their worldly possessions. As I spent time with them, and I talked with them, and I prayed with them, I grew, a great respect grew in my heart for them because they faced all kinds of adversity. They faced all kinds of trouble, and yet they still found themselves going back to being a servant and a leader for God. Truly, they are great heroes of the faith. And so today we come to look at the book of Hosea. We come and look at the prophet Hosea and we will see that his life was not easy. As a prophet, he had this message that concentrated on, on calling Israel to repentance and warning, warning them of certain consequences of God's judgment upon them if they did not repent. Hosea's message that he gives is that very message. But Hosea finds himself in a unique position in his own personal life because God takes his personal life and uses it to express to Israel the message he wants to give them. You see, God directs him to marry a prostitute, Homer. And then Hosea has three children by her and each one he names purposely so that he can show Israel, how they are treating God and how God will treat them. We read his story in chapter 1 and again in chapter 3. So he takes Gomer as his wife, a prostitute. He has his children and then she goes off and she goes back into prostitution. He then has to go and collect her, but not just simply collect her, but he then has to pay her debt that she owes. He has to redeem her back as his wife. I can't imagine this life that he lived in this circumstance. Committing himself in a covenant marriage relationship where he is betrayed and abandoned. And then he goes and he redeems her and brings her back to be his wife again. I know some of you watching this, you have lived a hard and difficult life. And we live in a culture that says there must be something wrong with you because you live this life. I think in the Christian realm, it can easily seem that way. And we can feel embarrassed that I'm having hardships and I'm having difficulties. And because I think a message that we've given in this gospel message that if we accept Jesus, we will not have any hardship. They'll go away if we do. And if any more are to come, they're actually going to skip over us. But that is not true. Our own lives tell that. 
in Hosea's case, he was a servant of God. And God called him to a difficult assignment. And some of us actually are, are living in difficult situations. And we can struggle to go, what is this all about? So I think it is important that we understand that, that our life that we live here is a life that serves God. And that it's not a life in which God serves us. Which means we will have trouble. Paul says, I'm a servant of God. He also writes that as a servant of God, he knows what it means to have plenty, but he also knows what it means to have nothing. And he says he's had to live and understand how to live with contentment. How do you do that? He's understood the, the, the secret of being content. And you know what he says? He says, I've understood this by this way. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How was Hosea able to walk through a difficult personal life? One, he, he saw that he was a servant of God. Secondly, is that God was his strength, his strong power, his fortress, the horn of his salvation. And he held fast to that. Romans 8, 35, Paul writes these words, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, as I read this list, there's not one positive adjective that's in here. So, so listen to this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Shall distress? Shall persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Like I said, there's not one positive adjective in there. Each is filled with difficulty and hardship. But it doesn't stop Paul and it should not stop us from being God's servant. Hardship should not stop us. Paul goes on in Romans 8, 37 and 39. He says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels or rulers nor things to come or things present nor powers nor height nor depth or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. I think the first lesson that I want to take from this is that, is that my life with God is not a life that is going to be easy. It will not be easy. It's going to be filled with hardship and turbulation and trials and struggles. And it may be persecution. It may be the sword. But it will not stop me from, from being that servant of God, being his messenger to the world around us. And Hosea takes his life and he uses it to be an example to Israel to call them back to God. Have you ever thought about your life being that way? Perhaps the hardships you've gone through, the difficulty you've gone through, that God can use that for his glory, for his purposes. You know, one of my struggles about recording these dailies is the fact that the being dyslexic, it's never easy. 
you've traveled along with me far enough that I bumble my way through when I read scripture. I bumble my way through as I even try to uh, deliver these messages. Why is that? Well, my mind doesn't process like everyone else's. But I have had to learn to give that to God and say, God, in the midst of my hardship, I want it to glorify you. I want it to be for your purpose. And I've had other hardships in my life, great losses in my life, brokenness in my life. And I've said to God, God, all of that is for you. I will share it whenever and however you want me to share it. Because I am your servant. If it's going to bring somebody closer to Jesus, I am willing to share it, to give it. I want to live for you. And I think that's the first lesson that I learned from Hosea. The second is in his message. You see, Hosea gives this message, and the message is, is that God loves Israel. God loves Israel. And Hosea, through his life with his wife, gives the example to the nation of Israel how God looks at them, responds to them, and treats them. Because this message of love is, is steeped in forgiveness. This message of love that Hosea gives, it's a message of love that is undeserving. But it's also a message of accountability. This, this message of love is accountability. Because he says to Israel, listen, you are accountable for the love that God has given to you. And you need to ante up. You need to step up. You need to live out through the love that God has given you. You need to live that out in being faithful to God. And so Hosea marries Gomer, she is unfaithful, and then he redeems her. So he makes a covenant with her, a covenant commitment, just like God made a covenant commitment to Israel. Gomer commits adultery, just like Israel commits adultery as she worships foreign gods. But then God restores Israel time and time again, because that is God's ultimate plan, redemption, and it comes through to us through the Messiah. We read about Israel's adultery when, when it's summed up in Hosea 8, 4. And it says, oh, they made kings, but not through me, God says. They set up princes, princes, but I knew them not. With their silver and their gold, they made idols for their own destruction. Stop and think about your own life. Where are you placing something higher than God? What is king in your life? What is a prince in your life? What is it that you are worshiping that is not God? And may we find ourselves in a place of repentance for that. Surrendering that, giving that up to God. See, we have this good news just like Israel was hearing the good news that God loved them and wanted to redeem them and restore them and they needed to repent. So we have this good news. As Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 5, 
But God demonstrated his love towards us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is the good news. That is what's taken place. And you and I, we need to live this out in all its glory, in all its purpose, even within the hardship and the trials and the tribulation, and even more so. For we have a world that needs redeeming. And God, like calling Israel to be a nation, to draw the world to them so that they would know this great God. You and I are given the power of the Holy Spirit to live such lives among the ungodly that people will glorify our God, our Lord, our Savior. See, that's the message. His message is a message of love that is steeped in forgiveness. But it also holds us accountable because of his great love for us. May we find ourselves as a living sacrifice, loving back to God as his servants. For God did not come to serve us. But God has come to redeem us. Let's look at these words as I end in Hosea chapter 14 in verses 8 and 9. O Israel, Stay away from idols. And may it be for us, oh, church, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. What a great statement of hope. Why would I want to go to an empty cistern? Why do I want to go to a barren tree? Anything apart from God is exactly that. In verse 9 it says, Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The path of the Lord is, right, is true and right. The righteous people live by walking in them. But, though, but in those paths sinners stumble and fall. Let me close in prayer. Lord, Jesus, this book of Hosea is so full of a great message. A message of looking at a man's life to a message of his own message, of, of one of love. Father, forgive us where we have committed adultery, where we have gone out and abandoned you and taken something to replace you with. Lord, help us that we would live these, a life that reflects truly what you have done in us. You have redeemed us. You have loved us. You have forgiven us. That the world may see and come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.